Hi, and welcome to The Other Half Podcast, the podcast that helps women navigate their careers in tech. I'm Jo Keneally, a longtime tech veteran and writer who has worked in companies of all shapes and sizes, from startups to big tech. And I'm Jerisha Nadaraju, an experienced product ops leader, speaker, and podcaster who has worked at scaling fintechs in London. We're two friends who have worked together, traveled together, and supported each other through the highs and lows of a career in tech. Over the years, we've spent countless hours messaging each other about all the big and small challenges we faced as ambitious women in the workplace. We realized that the things we were talking about with each other were being experienced by so many women around us. Women who felt like they couldn't get ahead and were thinking of leaving tech altogether. This made us mad, so we decided to do something about it. We're bringing our conversations to life and providing practical advice to help ambitious women navigate the way. We've partnered with Hertility for season one of The Other Half. Irregular periods, hormonal acne, whether these symptoms sound familiar, you've been trying to conceive for a while, or are starting to think about your future family options, you deserve to know exactly what's going on inside your body, ovaries, and all. Get absolute complete clarity into your hormones and fertility with Hertility's at-home test and clinical services. Listeners and subscribers to The Other Half, based in the UK, get £10 off Hertility's at-home testing kits by using the code T-O-H-P-O-D-10. On today's episode, we're joined by Tiwalola Ogunlesi, author, business owner, and confidence coach. We discuss practical advice on how to build confidence and the lessons that Tiwa has learned from running her own coaching practice, Competent and Killing It. Tiwa, welcome to the Other Half podcast. We are so excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, I can't wait. Thank you for joining us. So we came across you actually, because I think one of our, well, myself and Jerisha's mutual friends did a workshop of yours. But before we dive into all of that, I'd love to know, can you share a bit more about your background and how you first started becoming interested in confidence as a topic, which is what you, your workshops are about? Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually a very insecure teenager and um, my mind was so mean and so negative. Like I call her the mean girl in my mind. And, you know, she would always tell me I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't, you know, interesting. And I actually was all of those things, but my mind would just constantly put me down. And it wasn't until I think I was about 21 that I read my first book on personal development, which was 15 Laws of growth by John Maxwell. And in that book, I learned that growth is intentional. Growth doesn't come with age. It's something you have to choose for yourself. And I'm an Aries, I'm a very competitive person. So as soon as I knew that there were tools and techniques that I could use to shut my mean girl up, I was like, right, let's go for it. When I realized that my mind is a battlefield of conflicting forces and my negative thoughts and positive thoughts are always fighting against each other, but I have the power to win the battle in my mind and I can't do it by just saying, hey, I'm gonna win. No, I have to get strategic with it. I have to learn more about my mind and how it works and the tools and techniques. And so I started doing that. And as I did it, I 
unlocked a new version of myself as I started to dive into my worth and, and know that I deserve to be there and my strengths and all of those things I started to be more happy and joyous and confident and I was like wow you mean I could have been living like this this whole time but instead I've been in bondage to my negative thoughts and so I also decided whilst I was working at a job that I hated so fast forward a couple of years later I graduated from university my first ever job I absolutely hated it and I said okay I need to do something more purposeful with my time so I decided to volunteer as a youth leader and I, as I was volunteering and speaking to teenage girls every Friday night I was noticing the same insecurities I had as a teenager was then showing up for them and this is now almost 10 years later and I was like there seems to be a generational cycle of low self-esteem in women and girls and society has just accepted it as the norm but actually every single one of us deserves to love and believe in ourselves we deserve to to, to have a mind that supports us and encourages us. And so one day after I, I had been mentoring them and a lot of them were talking to me about the need to, their desire to wanna to be more confident and love themselves, I grabbed my phone and I recorded a video of how important it is to love and believe in yourself. And I was just like, I just wanna share this with the world. Like my heart was on fire that evening. And I was like, I just need to put this message out there because more people need to know that it's possible. And so I recorded it and then I posted it on social media. This was back in 2016 and then and I got so much great feedback from it. And so I was like, okay, let me just do another video on another topic. And then I just started making inspirational videos. Um, and then after a while I was like, oh, could this be a career? Like, then I did my life coaching training and then I started doing events and then corporate workshops and then a book and a podcast. And then <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, what you were saying about, you know, that mean girl presiding your head is, it just resonated a bit too hard, especially if I think back to my teenage self. Um, yeah, there's something about that there. But I absolutely love that. You know, you were in a job, which I think something all of us can relate to is having a job, especially when you first graduate, you have no idea what you're doing that you don't particularly love and perhaps mm -hmm. not the environment for you. But I also love that, you know, a lot of people who, if they have a job they're unhappy with, they almost like spiral into a negativity loop and they might drink more, or, you know, just binge Netflix all the time or just like, you know, get into a venting spiral. Can you remember what was the thing that made you decide to volunteer and actually like try to make that positive change rather than perhaps go down that negative path? Yeah. I just remember like watching movies and it's always Americans who seem to be stuck in jobs that they hate and like they're going into the office with their coffee and they look so depressed and I was like no 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 there has to be more to my life than this and it was just that curiosity of like there there is more and because I had already started my personal development journey I had this inkling that I have something special to offer the world. And also it really helped that I have two parents that are very ambitious and very successful and trailblazers in their own path. And so when I look at, when I was younger and I looked at my future, I saw unlimited capability. I saw impact. I saw, you know, success. And so the, I had a strong vision of my future. And I think the reason why a lot of people get into these negative ruts is because they don't have that emotional connection with the bigger picture right they don't have a strong connection with a positive and empowering vision for their life so by the time i got to this job that i then later 
realized was not for me and it came became really depressing i had already created a vision board of what i felt my life should look like so when i was in that situation and my current situation was not in alignment with the vision board then i could quickly take action so when you're lacking that sense of vision and and positive you know dreams and goals for your life it's really easy to just think like your reality is going to be your reality forever but it's not so it was that sense of like i know i'm here for a bigger purpose I know there's more to my life than this. I need to go out and find a way to give back and be useful and do something that was more meaningful and purpose-driven for me. And it was through that I then discovered my skills for public speaking and my personal skills and all of those things. So it's not like I had a big vision in the beginning that I was going to be this amazing speaker and and, and, an author and podcasters and all of this. I didn't have that. I just knew that I wanted to be somebody whose life made a difference on a big scale. And I looked at inspiration like Oprah and Beyonce and my mother and my grandmother. And it was just like, I know I want something different here. And that motivated me to then explore other paths. Yeah, that is so inspiring. (laughs) And I think a lot of that, I just was nodding along and I resonate with all the things that you were saying. And I particularly liked, Tiwa, how you said that I think early on you were like talking about the idea that growth is intentional and you need to be strategic about this. And obviously you read this personal development book and that helped unlock that and that little idea in in your head. But also you need to take steps in the right direction, right? So the fact that you were actually able to realize that you don't want to be in that job anymore and you took a small step in the right direction you didn't know what was going to come from it but you headed towards that is amazing um you sort of started touching on this Tiwa but I'm, I'm really interested and curious about how you define confidence and you know why you believe that some people are more confident than others so confidence to me is having an in-depth belief in yourself and your abilities that you have what it takes to take action on your dreams and your goals so confidence is not perfectionism it's not taking all the boxes confidence is not being the loudest person in the room both introverts and extroverts can be confident people confident people is about knowing who you are knowing what you stand for and being able to show up in the world as you are unapologetically and take action. So that is what confidence is for me. Now, you know, there's this debate like, you know, with leaders, are you born a leader or a leader's made? Are you born with confidence? Or it's just some people have it, some people don't. And it's actually a mixture. So what the science shows us is that some people's genetic makeup makes them more likely to be confident and optimistic. Whereas some people have a genetic makeup that is more um, likely that they might be, you know, shy, insecure, low self-esteem, things like that. But actually, that is only like 40% of, you know, what what it takes to be a confident person. And then you also have to look at the environments that you grow up in. If you grow up in an environment where people are constantly putting you down, where you're never given opportunities to try and and fail in in a safe space, um, then that can also affect your confidence levels. So some of it is genetic, some of it is environment, and then it's also down to the actual individual to be able to be curious enough to begin that journey 
because it was like for me I was having these confidence issues and I could have just accepted it as my fate like oh this is my life there's nothing I can do about it but actually that's not true there's a concept called neuroplasticity which is about how our brains learn and our brains can rewire themselves and a big part of that is understanding that okay if I've been living my life this way and I realize it's keeping me stuck instead of moving me forward, I have the power to actually rewire my brain to be able to think differently. So yeah, those are some of the reasons why different people might be, might have different levels of confidence. But I think at the end of the day, it's a practice. So no matter where you're from, you know, the schools you went to, the color of your skin, how you've been treated in the past, at any given point in your life, you can make a decision that, I want to let go of this low self-esteem and I want to start my journey of becoming a confident person. And that's why I created Confident and Killing It to make confidence accessible for everyone. It's not only for people who are interested in reading or people who are, you know, self-development gurus. It's like the everyday person can start to work on their confidence. The same way you have a gym routine is the same way you can have a confidence routine that helps you build your confidence. So no matter if it's been knocked by working in a male dominated sector where you're not appreciated or you know an ex that left you a certain way that knocked your confidence confidence can always be rebuilt and it continuously needs to be worked on to be to be strong oh that that's uh such a powerful message so again i was just nodding along and i think one of the first things you said there tiwa is sticking with me which is this idea of action like it's about yes. confidence it almost like requires you to take action mm. and and i've i think i found personally just in my own life that oftentimes when my confidence is knocked the way that i get back you know, back into feeling more confident about myself is by taking that first small step and mm -hmm. then continuing to go. Like you just keep going and you keep doing yeah. things. And the more you do that, you know, you say yes to things like you do a speaking gig and then you do another one and then you do something else. It just mm -hmm. builds on it. But you yeah. have to be able to almost like, even while being in that sort of maybe scared place is to say yes and take that opportunity yes. and then yes. build on it. Absolutely. I always say, don't worry about step seven, eight, and nine before you've even taken step one. Because that's a big thing when it comes to confidence. People are like, oh, I don't know what the future holds. What if I can't do it? What if this, what if that? Like, it's so overwhelming. And it's like, actually break it down, start with step one. And then when that's done, take step two and then step three, because you're going to learn as you go along on the journey. You're not going to have all the information, but it's like when you're driving a car at night, the more you drive, the clearer the road becomes. And that's how it is with life. The more you drive, the more baby steps you take, the more empowered and confident you feel. But if you're waiting for everything to just to feel ready and to feel motivated and to go and have all the answers, it's never going to happen. So taking action is a big part of confidence. Another big thing when it comes to defining confidence is to keep the promises you make to yourself, right? That's my other definition of confidence is about keeping the promises you make to yourself. Because if you had a friend, for example, that told you they were going to come over to help you prep for an interview and they never showed up and they said, oh, I'm so sorry, next week I'll be there. And next week came and they never showed up. And then they said, I promise you that next, next week, I promise you I'll be there. And they and then it never showed up. You would lose confidence in that friend. You would lose trust in that friend. You wouldn't want to have that relationship anymore, especially knowing how important this interview is to you. And they kept pushing you 
off. You would think I'm not a priority to this person. What's the point of this relationship? And the same actually applies to yourself. When you have a goal, you have a dream, you have an idea and you say, okay, I promised myself I'm going to start it this month. And then this month comes and you're like, oh no, 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 it's too scary. What if no one likes it? What if no one, what if I get rejected? And then you give yourself excuse after excuse after excuse, you're going to lose trust with yourself. And if you don't trust yourself, how can you back yourself? How can you bet on yourself? And then you enter this this never ending cycle of not trusting yourself, not not taking action, not taking risks to bet on yourself. And then you never build your confidence. And then you're just in a loop of like low self-esteem without giving yourself a chance. Oh, such good advice. I really like what you said about self-trust there. And also it ties into what you said about, you know, confidence is a routine because I am definitely somebody who, whenever I start a new thing, I get over ambitious, you know, I'm not just going to run five minutes, even though I haven't run, you know, in three months, it's like, no, yeah. I'll do it one day and then I won't do it for <laughs> three months. And I feel the same with, you know, goals and even trying to kind of build my own confidence. It's like, no, I'll do the big thing, but actually taking those baby steps is so important. And that's how you build trust with yourself as well and keep those promises. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you wrote a book called Confident in Killing It, which you have. Yeah, hi, thank you. <laughs> lots of tips on how you should start thinking about confidence um and I also know you have you know a business by the same name and you offer confidence workshops to organizations such as Teapot, Google, Morgan Stanley, all the giants of the world but confidence is such a broad topic and I think also you know if you're in a workplace there's lots of different levels of, of confidence in that one workshop I would imagine when working with clients you know where do you start? Mm-hmm. So the first thing, and I talk about this in chapter one of my book, is to start with creating your power circle. And your power circle essentially is knowing your strengths, knowing what you're passionate about, knowing your values, and then combining those three things together. When you identify and articulate those three areas of your life and then get intentional about living in those areas, you will be your most confident, powerful, unstoppable self. So that's your power circle. So when it comes to strengths, for example, knowing what comes naturally to you, knowing what you do with ease, and people often give you positive feedback about this thing. Like, I didn't know I was necessarily a great communicator until I started volunteering as a youth leader. And the girls would come up to me and be like, just when you speak, I just get it. And people would always say that to me. It's like, I've heard this before, but when you say it, it just sounds so different. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, I have this strength, right? So pay attention to the positive feedback people give you and think about what comes to me with ease. And then also when it comes to your passions, think about what energizes me. Like I could be having the worst day, but for example, when I come on here and do this podcast, you would never even know that I wasn't feeling well because doing stuff like this actually energizes me, makes me feel good. I can feel it in my body. I can feel it in my soul. So think about the things that excite you and energize you. And then also what really matters to you. And are you spending your time doing those things? If you are spending your time doing things you don't care about, but you have all of these amazing things you do care about and it never gets the time of day, then you are not going to feel confident because you're going to feel unfulfilled. Fulfillment comes from knowing what matters to you and doing those things. And so when I ask people to tell me what their strengths are, they're looking left, they're looking right, they're looking up at heaven, hoping something just drops down. And I'm like, no, honey, it's not coming from heaven. It's coming from inside of you. Right. But when I ask them to tell me what their weaknesses are, they're like, oh, I'm so bad at this. I'm so late. I'm so awkward at this. It just rolls off their tongue. So think about it. If you know your weaknesses more than you know your strengths, that means 
you're living from a place of weakness. That means like every time you see yourself, you see first the limitation and then you see yourself. And so you make decisions from your limitations instead of from your strengths. And so when I'm working with my clients, the first thing I always do is wake them up to realize that everything they need to win in life is already inside of them, but they've just been asleep to it. So my job as the coach is to help them increase their self-awareness so they know, oh wait, actually, I do have what it takes because a lot of the time, the things we want to achieve is not about capability. We are all more than capable, right? It's just about understanding that and accepting that capabilities, being aware of it and accepting it. I mean, like, okay, you know what? This is actually me. I can do this because we, we grew up in a society where it's like, especially for women, you know, you have to dim yourself down, you know, you can't be too too boastful or too open about all the great things about you. And so people really struggle to accept that there are good things about themselves. And that blows my mind because it's like, you would rather accept that there are terrible things about you? Like, no, you know? So that's kind of the beginning of the journey, creating your power circle, knowing your strengths, knowing what excites you, what, what you're passionate about, knowing what really matters to you, prioritizing that, and then living a life where you're working from a place of strength, you're doing work that's passionate, you know, and that becomes a lifestyle. And once you get into that power circle, it's like it flings open a whole bunch of opportunities and, and moments for you to keep on building your confidence. So I would say that's the first foundational pillar of building confidence. You know, as you were speaking, it really comes down to all the points you said. It's, it's about designing a life around you and the life yeah. you want. And that's almost the core of the confidence. Yes. Um, and I also, I thought what you said about, you know, working not from your limitations, but your place of strength is so interesting because especially in a workplace, we're often given feedback on our weaknesses, right? You know, you need to speak up more. You need to learn how to do the Excel sheet better work, you know, all those type of things. Mm -hmm. And actually just finding work that plays to your strengths is probably half the battle. Yeah. But when you're working with clients, you know, what are some of the most common ways you've seen people undermine their own confidence and how do you get them to think through and work through that? Yeah. So one of the things I've noticed is people disqualifying themselves from opportunities just because they don't tick all the boxes. I see that happen time and time again, or maybe they disqualify themselves because they don't feel 100% ready or they feel fearful. Fear is a big thing that comes up time and time again. And the thing about fear is it's just a negative thought of something in the future that hasn't even happened yet. So you're in a meeting and you want to speak up, but then your brain says, oh, what if you say something stupid and everyone laughs at you? What if is a probability? It's not a certainty, right? You can speak up, you might say something silly and people might laugh, but then you might also say something good or smart that sparks an idea that then sparks another idea. And before you know it, you have found a solution. So what I do to get people to work through it is a concept I call learning and leveling up. So a lot of the times advice people get is just fake it till you make it. And I actually, I'm not a fan of that because if you struggle with imposter syndrome, you're basically, and you say fake it till you make it, you're basically inviting imposter syndrome into your life. You're basically saying, I need to be a fraud so I can be accepted or I can be successful. I need to be a fake version of myself to succeed. 
that to me is counterintuitive. So I like the concept learning and leveling up, which is about understanding that knowledge and capability are not the same thing. Just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean you're not capable of doing it. For example, if you work in tech, there was probably a time when you didn't know how to code, but then you started reading about it, you studied it, you practiced it, and now you know how to do it, right? So you always had that capability inside of you. You just had to take the time to sit and focus and apply yourself and to learn. So one thing I always tell people is like, there is nothing you cannot learn with all the technology out there, Google, AI, like there's so much, the books, the podcasts, there's so much resources for you to learn. Never disqualify yourself from an opportunity because you don't have all the answers or you don't know it all, right? you can always figure it out you can always learn and level up and then when it comes to the fear instead of thinking going into your future and thinking of the worst possible outcome go into your future and think of the outcome you actually want to happen because energy is so important and if all you do is think of what if i fail what if people laugh at me what if people judge me that is more likely to happen because that's what you're looking for that's where you're putting your energy into so instead start to write down what if i speak up in the meeting and it goes really well what if i walk into that boardroom with confidence and smash my presentation you know what if i come into practicing my you know my coding or whatever skill i'm doing two hours a week and i can improve and pass whatever stages i need to pass or levels i need to pass that sort of thing so don't go into your future and think of the worst thing think of what you actually want to happen and then pour your energy and time into working towards that outcome because there's a probability it might happen it might not but if you're going to think of an outcome think of the one you want lean into the positive possibilities of your life yeah that is that's such great advice Tiwa and I think it's also I feel like I'm on this journey at the moment so as you're saying these things I can definitely identify right at the beginning where you spoke about like that mean girl in your head or this idea of maybe not feeling that confident or feeling like you can go for things I think a big problem for me also was this idea of perfectionism you were talking about people disqualifying but it was almost like I thought what I had to do had to be perfect and because I thought that maybe it wasn't going to be because I didn't have the knowledge yet but I had the capability ability I thought it need to be perfect and so automatically you're like oh okay I, I can't do that and then you just leave it so there's no action with you know was taken towards that so yeah I like the sort of frameworks that you shared around that power circle and then leveling up thing that you should be doing that's really helpful yeah absolutely perfectionism is one of those things that it can really really hold you back but if you think about it perfectionism doesn't actually exist you know we live in a world that is inherently imperfect even mother nature isn't perfect so why are we imperfect human beings striving to be perfect in a world that just isn't even perfect and in my book as well because this is a big thing that comes up i i break down being a high achiever and being an overachiever Right. So most people who are perfectionists, it comes from a good place, but like you just have to learn to make it work for you so that it doesn't become toxic perfectionism. So instead of being an overachiever, I aim and tell people as well to be a high achiever. And the difference is that overachievers are perfectionists in the sense that if it doesn't go 100% the exact way they want it, then it's a complete failure. Or if, you know, 
like every single thing isn't it like they often have ridiculously high goals and standards for themselves and if they don't even come close to it it's a complete fail or even if they come close but don't get to the outcome they expected it's a complete failure instead high achievers they want to pursue excellence they want to give it their best but they are more flexible they embrace the journey that they're on they're not going to stop going on the journey because they don't have all the tools they're going to prioritize the journey over the exact end outcome that they that they want they're going to be more realistic with their goal setting and if things don't work out as they thought they don't see it as a failure or they own the failure and they use it to bounce back or you know try something new there's always a learning in there so that's how you can make perfectionism work for you yes you want to pursue excellence but excellence should never come at the detriment to your mental physical or emotional health it shouldn't be perfectionism at all costs like no you know there's 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 boundaries that need to be in place yeah, that's great. Um, and I think I'm definitely learning, like for me, at least now it's like done is better than perfect. Can yes. I get the thing done? And that's fine. And then and if something goes wrong, I learn from it. Exactly. Like you, you get da data from that. Tiwa, you were talking about some of the things that you do in your workshops or when you're talking to clients. And one thing I've often felt is that when I've left a workshop, I'm really energized and I'm excited to change, you know, because of the messaging that's there. But, you know, I don't know, you just go back to your day-to-day -day life or work and all of a sudden those learnings disappear. So what are some of the practices that you'd recommend to people to help them focus on developing confidence over the longer term? Yeah, some really quick wins. So we've already talked about strengths. So make sure you've written your strengths down and you read them out regularly. So that's a really important one. Another quick win I would say is keeping a gratitude journal. So if you struggle really badly with negative thoughts, practicing gratitude can actually help you reprogram your mind to be more positive. And the way it works is that if you write down three things that went well for you every single day before you go to bed, what your brain is gonna do is, your brain is gonna scan through your whole day looking for positive moments for you to write down. Now you do that enough times, your brain knows to look for positive moments because it knows you need to write something down. And so by doing that, you're programming your brain to look for the positive moments in your life. And that helps your mind be more positive and confident instead of always looking at the times you messed up or the times you failed and things like that. So a really easy thing to do is just writing down the things you're grateful for. Another thing I have, and it's a free tool on the Confident and Killing It website, so we can put it in the show notes so people can go and download it, is a monthly wins tracker. And it's scientifically proven that people who look back at their life with a sense of achievement and accomplishment feel more confident and optimistic about their future. And so what I do every single month, I write down my small wins and my big wins in a massive spreadsheet that looks like a calendar over the years. So whenever I'm feeling the imposter syndrome coming, like, who do you think you are to be, you know, winning this award or, you know, working with this client, I can go back and look at my wins to remind myself, right? Because we we forget all the times we've, we've done things well and we've succeeded and we remember all the times we've been embarrassed and we've messed up and we failed. And so a big part of remaining confident in yourself is to continuously remind yourself that you are moving forward that you are making progress that you are winning 
in areas of your life and that's going to really help sustain your confidence so tracking your wins put a, a notification in your calendar at the end of every week or the end of every month to put something in your wins tracker and also it even helps when you're going for a promotion or you know need to talk about yourself you have everything there already so yeah wins tracker gratitude journaling writing down your strengths i would say are really important and then another thing i do which i also talk about in the book is I create my to-do list around my core values. So it's called a get to-do list instead of a to-do list, right? I don't have to do these things. I get to do them. And just that reframe alone is so powerful. So what I've done is my top values, for example, are wellness, impact, creativity and spirituality and so the way my to-do list is scheduled is that there is something from wellness impact creativity and spirituality in my calendar every single week because i think work-life balance is a bit of a myth we work five days and rest two days there's already no balance there right so the way i ensure that i stay grounded in my power circle and i'm i'm honoring my values is to make sure that my to-do list aligns with the things that are most important to me so that last thing is a really big tip for anyone who feels really unfulfilled and you feel like your life is just kind of floating by and you're not really sure what direction it's going in look at your to-do list align it to make sure that it meets a value that is really important to you and that way you schedule in the things that matter right it's not just 100 percent work and then not no time for anything else if you want to start meditating schedule it in you know if you want to go for walks schedule it in like i schedule everything in because if it's not in my diary it's not happening <laughs> oh i love that i am a big believer in gratitude journaling so i've been doing that for the last three years and i think it's definitely had an impact your wins tracker I actually shared that with Joe and another friend and started to fill that in when I needed to sort of build confidence. And it was, it was super helpful. And your last point on the to-do list, I actually did that yesterday. So I have the to-do list app on, on my phone and I realized that all my to-dos had to do with work related or podcasting related stuff. And I was feeling like my whole life was tending to feel like those were the to-dos. And actually yesterday I started putting in to do's like go for a walk for my mom, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just things yeah. where I needed to reconnect with other areas of my life, but mm -hmm. I needed to make sure that those were reflected in my to do's. So yeah. um, that's uh, really, really great advice. Tiwa, you've mentioned quite a few exercises and Joe and I would love to potentially try one live on the podcast with you. We love it if you could just talk us through one of those and then the two of us could work through it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I want you to think about something you've been procrastinating to, to do, okay? <laughs> something that you've had it and you've just been procrastinating about it, okay? So I want you to write it down. And now I want you to think about the thoughts and the feelings you have towards that activity, okay? So something you've been procrastinating, what thoughts have you been thinking about it? and what feelings have you been having about it okay let me know when that's done okay great and now on a separate side of the paper i want you to think about something you're really motivated to do when you when this thing happens you know you jump up you're excited there's no two thoughts about it like something that natural motivation it comes you do it you get it done okay can you think of something now think about the thoughts and the feelings you have around that thing that you're very motivated to do. 
when you think about it what are you thinking what are the thoughts like how do you feel okay now i want you to look at the difference in your thoughts when you procrastinate versus your thoughts when you are motivated and can you see a difference between the two yeah absolutely like in my case they're almost mirror opposites which is fascinating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh yeah very similar for me it's just like two ends of the spectrum with how you're feeling yeah so negative thoughts right when you're procrastinating your thoughts are negative right and then when you're motivated your thoughts are positive so procrastination isn't necessarily about you being lazy procrastination is about the story you are telling yourself about that activity so thoughts lead to feelings feelings lead to actions thoughts feelings actions all three are connected scientifically proven so negative thoughts lead to negative feelings. Oh, I'm not the best at it. What's the point in even trying? Oh, is anyone even going to listen? You know, da, 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 right? That makes you feel heavy, daunting. It's going to take so long to do. No one even cares about it. And then what happens? You stay stuck. You procrastinate. Okay. Negative thoughts lead to negative feelings, lead to procrastination. Positive thoughts I'm really good at this. Like, I love doing this. I feel alive when I do this. Life is good. Like, I'm making progress, right? And then you feel confident, you feel bold, and then you take action. Then you get the motivation. So with everything in life, if you're ever procrastinating on something, check the story you are telling yourself. If it's a negative story, turn it into a positive one. Look at how doing that task can add a value to your life. So go back to the, the, the activity that you're procrastinating on and look at the negative thoughts and reframe it. How can you change those thoughts into something more empowering? How can you make that activity something that impacts your life in a positive way and build a more emotional connection towards it and challenge what your negative thoughts are saying into something more positive? And there you go. That's how you beat procrastination. Oh, you've just solved all my issues. <laughs> <laughs> I see why your workshops are so popular because that was you know a two minute exercise and as I was writing down okay the thing I'm procrastinating about which I've been procrastinating about for a very long time now yeah feelings I was like you know what actually even these negative feelings I could already tell I was kind of being a bit dramatic and I was like you know yeah. what? I'm <laughs> get over it but the act of writing it down and actually like thinking about it just is so helpful Yes. So another thing is writing it down is really powerful because when these thoughts are in your head, they feel bigger than you, right? It's in your head. You can't see it. It's like trying to catch fish in the ocean with your hands. Impossible. But when you write it down, you are then looking over it on paper. You are bigger than it. You see it. And then you can really turn it around and question it and challenge it and take another look to really process it and be like, is it really true that no one's gonna care about this thing that I'm doing? But when it's in your head, it's hard because our heads are noisy. There's so many thoughts flying through our minds. But when you see it on paper, it actually, like you can take a moment to be like, hang on a second, this is so dramatic. Like, why am I even thinking this, right? So yeah, writing it down is a very, very powerful part of the process. Interesting. I'm gonna change tack slightly because obviously you know, you're an author, but you're also a very impressive businesswoman and you mentioned that both your parents I think you know they've blazed their own trails in the business world 
But how, like when you were first thinking about this, how did you actually decide, okay, this is a business idea that I want to pursue? And like, what gave you the confidence to go all in on it full time? <laughs> Great question. So when I was working full time, I would, you know, make the videos on the weekends, I would host events on the weekends. And then I would also go and speak at different universities around the UK. So I would leave work at like 4.30, rush to the train station, get to Manchester, speak to students there, get back to London, get to work the next day. It was really crazy time. Um, but that just showed me that there was potential in what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create a whole business plan about like in-person events, in-person workshops, da, da, da. And the pandemic happened and lockdown happened and my whole business plan flew out the window. But before I even actually get to the business plan and the pandemic happening, I decided to quit my full-time job in December of 2019 to run Confident Like Killing It full-time. And in December of 2019, I did not have the business plan. I did not have corporate clients. I did not have the idea of a podcast or a book. All I had was my case studies of university students seemed to like the idea. People really like my videos on Instagram. So there must be something here. And I said, I'm going to give myself three months to create a business plan and to get this sustainable income coming in. And I had three months worth of income saved. So I was like, okay, I have my savings for three months. Let's do this. I was able to take that bet on myself because of the years of work I had done working on my confidence. And also because of a very important thing and mindset that I have. I fundamentally believe that you can never lose when you bet on yourself. When you take a leap of faith, to do something new that you've never done before, you can never lose because you've already won by jumping off that cliff, right? You've already won by taking that leap to bet on yourself. And it goes back to, again, the thinking of learning and leveling up. Whatever comes my way, I can learn, I can figure it out. So those mindsets for like allowed me to have the confidence to, to take that leap of faith. And also obviously having the physical evidence of the feedback I was getting from my community. And one thing I always tell entrepreneurs is don't build in a silo, right? If you're gonna build a product or a service, build with community, co-create with your audience because don't get to the point where you're like, oh, what if no one buys? What if no one shows up? It's like, go get the case studies, go try it out and see if people will actually show up or not before you take that leap of faith. So I couldn't use the excuse, what if no one shows up? Because I had already done like three sold out events. I had already done a whole university tour, right? Uh, what if no one really likes, cares what about what I have to say? I couldn't use that excuse because I have the, the case studies in my DMs of people giving me feedback about my videos. So in a way I had set myself up for success where I knew there was physical evidence of my impact but then I was also betting on my future self to be able to make this thing a business because when I was speaking to students I was getting paid like 200 pounds like it was nothing so it's not like that was a business right so 2020 comes three months in my income is running out things are just about to kick off opportunities start coming in now that I'm giving it my full time and attention lockdown happens business plan out the window cancellation emails left right and center income back on zero literally stuck at home what am i going to do with my life and i i was down bad i cried the tears i did everything i needed to do and then i said tiwa is this the story you want for yourself 
that you had a business idea, the pandemic happened, threw your business plan out the window and you gave up. And I said, no, that's not the story I want for myself. And so I said, okay, what is the story you want for yourself? And I began to write it down. And I think this is a great way to like conclude all the different tips I've been saying from the beginning of the podcast. Cause it's like, I had that vision. I was like, okay, no, the vision I want is I want Confident and Killing It to be a household name. I want to be able to impact people all over the world. I was writing all of this stuff down. And then I said, whatever goes down must come back up. I am unstoppable. And so I wrote that down on a piece of paper and then I pinned it on my vision board. And so every single day in the pandemic, when I wasn't getting any emails or bookings, I said, whatever goes down must come back up. I am unstoppable. I then looked at, okay, no one wants to book me for a workshop. What do I have available in my hands? And that's another thing, you know, with entrepreneurship is like, people aren't just going to give you opportunities for free, right? You have to earn them. You have to show that, listen, if you don't bet on me, I'm still going to bet on myself. If you don't believe in me just yet, that's fine. That's on you. I believe in me and I'm going to go for it, right? So I started running my own Zoom sessions. I put on my own workshops. They were like 20 pounds a ticket, put it out there for the public. I also started running free webinars called Killing It as an Entrepreneur. I started a webinar series because even though I was barely killing it as an entrepreneur I wasn't killing it at all I started interviewing women who were and who could share their knowledge and it was like 500 women were joining these webinars every Sunday in lockdown and that's where I learned that oh maybe I could launch a podcast like I'm really good at interviewing people that's where I build community that's where all the people that were coming to my workshop then took it back to their companies and I was like I went to the most incredible workshop you need to book this woman and before I know it, my brand and my business have exploded. And so all the different lessons there about entrepreneurship is like, you've got to be ready to create something out of nothing. But also the first thing is mindset. Entrepreneur is 80% mindset, 20% actual work. And so I had to have that mindset of what is the story I want for myself? And I'm going to go after that. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Life is life. 2020 was meant to be the best year of my life at the beginning. And then it ended up being the craziest year. Still one of the best, I would say, because everything exploded at the time. But yeah, mindset is so key. Creating something from nothing, taking one step at a time, right? It was first the Zoom. Then I was like, okay, let me do workshops. Then I was like, hang on, I can do this with companies. And then I started to, you know, put myself out there. And also building a personal brand is really important because for the first two years, I didn't send any outbound emails. All the work came to me from people talking about the 30 minutes experience they had had with me. So it's so important as an entrepreneur, like you have to really know who you are and know what you stand for and communicate that because there are people out there who need what you have and they're not going to hear about you if you don't know how to talk about what you have to offer in a way that feels organic and inspiring as well. I absolutely love that. And I think the fact that you were able to build a business from inbound only, that is like the envy of every company and startup out there. That's such an incredible (laughs) achievement in itself. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Tira, thank you for sharing that. That was great. You sort of touched on this also, but I'd love to close out with just understanding what is one thing you wish everyone knew when it comes to developing confidence and building a personal brand? I would say when it comes to building confidence, the one thing I want everyone listening to this to know is that you matter simply because you exist. 
okay you matter simply because you exist your worth doesn't depend on your productivity levels how much money you have the color of your skin what your job title is the fact that you are alive and you're here means that you matter and so your starting place is good enough you're not broken you don't need fixing okay you are already whole you are already good enough and so it's time to actually wake up to your sense of worth and to start to invest in yourself and give yourself the grace to explore and know yourself so that you can grow yourself and then when it comes to building your personal brand i would say there's a difference between confidence and arrogance confident people know who they are they know what they're capable of and they shine their light with the world and they use their light to inspire others there's enough room for everyone to shine a lot of the times women hold back on shining their accomplishments because they don't want other women to feel bad about themselves but why would you dim your light to sit in darkness with another woman instead of doing that shine your light so bright that she sees it and she uses it to also get up and shine her light too so don't hold back from owning your accomplishments and celebrating yourself right you deserve to do that if you did it you can own it but do it in a way where you are also lifting other people as you climb that is such a great way to end it, Tiwa. And it also, I think, is a great message that rings so true to the whole idea of this podcast that Joe and I have started, because the whole idea is to shine a light on inspiring women and help other women feel inspired and empowered to do great work in tech or start their own businesses. So a really great message. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I've gotten so much out of this to you all. If anybody wants to contact you after the podcast, how can they get in touch? Yes. So if you're interested in being coached by me, you can head over to confidentandkillingit.com and go to work with us. And there's a form you can sign up to my coaching waiting list. If you want to get daily inspo on social media, you can add me on LinkedIn. So my full name is Tiwalola Ogunlesi and my Instagram is at Tiwalola. So T-I-W-A-L-O-W-L-A. Or you can also check out Confident and Killing It on Instagram and yeah, on all social platforms. And if anyone has any questions, feel free to DM me. My DMs are always open. I love hearing feedback. I love chatting away. So yeah, do get in touch. Thank you very much, Tiva. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode and the podcast in general, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to The Other Half Podcast. Even better, share it with your friends and colleagues as that helps others find it. Thanks and bye for now.